0: Today we will cover three important aspects as far as discussion on this topic is concerned. The first point is limitations of patch-up. I repeat, limitations of patch-up. There is no harm in trying patch-up solutions. We also use quick fix, very quick and many other such uh, adhesives. Sometimes, when things gets broken or we want to fix them, we use these kind of adhesives. So there's nothing wrong about it. But then, we know even though we use these adhesives, the joint or that patch up is not as strong as the original bonding. So, we have come in this material world, we as Atma, as spirit-soul. And as we have been discussing, the Atma is caught up in this cycle of birth and death. As scriptures say, punar api janma, punar api marana. And while we have this material body... We encounter Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi. Krishna talks about these four miseries for which we can find a solution in this human form of life. Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi, Dukhadoshanu, Darshanam. One who can perceive that these are the real miseries for which we have to find a solution. Such a person is in knowledge. So, Atma, as Atma, as spirit soul, we are in this material world. We are caught up in this cycle of birth and death. And we are much against our wish, encountering Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi. We don't want to get diseased, but it's forced upon us. Like here in present times, nobody wants to get infected. We are trying our best, trying to follow all the protocols or COVID appropriate behavior. But in spite of that, we see people are getting infected. Nobody wants to become old and invalid, but then for some time we can avert but very soon old age will catch up on us likewise death we don't want to die but death is forced upon us and likewise much against our wish according to our karma karmana treena jantur deha utpatyate will get birth in another life another species We don't have a choice. Based on our karma, we will be awarded another material body. Our scriptures also say, apart from these natural phenomena, one might say it's a natural phenomena. To become old, it's part of life. To die, it's part of life. Somebody may reconcile, well, it's part of life. Apart from this, our scriptures say, we all are encountering Three kinds of kleshas. Kleshas means miseries. Adhyatmic kleshas, adi-bautic kleshas, and adi Devi kleshas. Adhyatmic kleshas are miseries because of our body and mind. Somebody may have a stomach ache. Some may have ulcers. Some may have gastric problems. Some might have, you know, even serious diseases like cancer. So these are adhyatmic kleshas. And we cannot be very sure that these kleshas will not hit us any moment without any notice. In fact, there is a family known to us in Thane and um, she told me about a girl. I asked her where were you last Sunday, so she said she had to attend a funeral. And she described that girl, she was 32 years old and all of a sudden, she was in good health. All of a sudden, because of brain hemorrhage, she was rushed to the hospital. Before they could figure out what went wrong, she expired. Now imagine 32 year olds, not some 85 plus year old man or a woman who is already old. It can happen any moment to any one of us. So, Adhyatmi Kleshas. Then there is adibhautik Kleshas, miseries due to other living entities. Shla Prabhupada, on a lighter note, would give this example. All of a sudden, you are sitting and a mosquito will come and bite. It's called Adibhauti Kleshas. And then Adidevi Kleshas, miseries due to natural calamities. And which see, in present times, it's on rise. Famines, earthquakes, droughts, excessive rainfall, floods, tsunamis, they're on rise. So, we are constantly tormented with these. one of these glaciers at any time. And the whole life, in one sense, although we should not be pessimistic, it is good to be positive. It's good to be uh, optimistic. To count your blessings. Yes. It's a very important attitude to cultivate. But still, objectively looking, we are constantly tormented with one of these kleshas. And in so to say, the life is, a struggle, how we can avert all these kleshas and be happy and be peaceful. This is what life is all about. We want to be happy. We want to be peaceful. We want to be successful. But then these kleshas come in between and keep us away from our desired goals. And We all find solutions. We want to avert dangers. If miseries land up in our lives, we want to solve them. We want to find solutions to our problems so that we can be happy. Nothing wrong. That's a human psychology. Yes, we should find solutions to our problems. But often the solutions we find as per scriptures, the solutions are patch-up solutions. I'll give you one example to illustrate what I'm saying. Let's say a person is in a jungle, he has lost his way and he is barefoot, and he is walking in the jungle trying to find out find a way out of the jungle. And in the jungle, it's full of thorny shrubs, bushes, pebbles, rocks, stones. And he's trying his best to somehow keep himself safe. But then suddenly he'll step on something and it pricks his leg and blood starts oozing out. Let's say there's another person with this person. He might want to help this person and give some first aid. Let's say if he has some kind of a band-aid or some kind of tincture or some kind of a bandage, he'll put it on the place where the thorn has pricked or the pebble has pricked the person and blood has started oozing out. Yes, temporarily there is some relief. Nothing wrong about it, but very soon the person resumes his walking, another thorn will prick, another pebble will pinch him. This goes on. Now, if you ask me, is it wrong to use a band-aid or do a patch-up solution? Nothing wrong. That's why it's called a first aid. Before you reach a hospital or before you reach a doctor, you attend to that ailment is called first aid it's true in all the cases even in fire you know you have burn or something which gives a temporary relief before you actually go to a physician or a doctor or an expert but then so long as a person is walking barefoot in the forest which is infested with all kinds of rocks pebbles stones and bushes and thorns he is going to get Hit again and again. So, broadly speaking, there are three solutions possible. First solution is if he wants to walk without getting hurt, the first solution is remove all the thorns from the jungle, remove all that pebbles and stones which are going to prick him or possibly prick him, remove all that. And then he can walk safely. That's option number one. Right now, we are not talking about whether it's feasible or how practical it is. But that's one possible option for him to walk without getting hurt. Remove all the rocks from the forest, from the jungle. Option number two is he comes out of jungle. Then also... Even if he is barefoot, quite possible he will not get hurt. Imagine he is out of jungle and he is in a place which has nice beautiful garden, which is well maintained or roads or uh, pathway. Then he can also walk barefoot. Many people run barefoot or walk barefoot in the right places. So that's option two. Option three is he wears a footwear or a slipper. Still, he can be in a jungle and to quite a bit, quite an extent, he can be safe. Now, let's analyze all these three options. Actually, in this world, to find solutions to Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi and the three kleshas which I talked about, Adhibhautik, Adhyatmik and Devi kleshas, we all are working very hard. Scientists, a lot of research is happening in the medical field. Lot of innovations are happening. Lot of R&D is happening. Newer and newer medicines are being discovered or worked upon. The pharmaceutical industry is working extensively to find cures to many of the diseases which are there in our society today. And we are hoping against hope, a day will come, one fine day, we would have medicine for all the diseases, we will have an anti-aging so called solution, a day will come when we don't have to die, science would have come up with solutions, just like there was a time when a lot of people used to die of TB and now we know that yes, TB can be cured. So we are hoping against hope, working very hard to find a solution. A day will come when we will not have to get disease. we don't have to become old, we don't have to die. And all these glaciers which torment us, we will have a solution to it and we can insulate ourselves from these glaciers. We are hoping against hope, which is impossible. Although it may look very negative, it is impossible, exactly like Emptying out the forest, big, huge forest, like an amazing forest of all the thorns, all the bushes, and all that, and make it a safe place to walk. It's impossible. But we are trying, hoping against hope. Everyone is geared up, knowingly or unknowingly. We may not know about it, but we are hoping. In Barcelona, Many years back, there was a book released by two eminent scientists. One of them was Mr. Parker and Neil Gilman. There is a book written by them and this book was getting released, eminent scientists. And the name of the book was Death of Death. I repeat, Death of Death. Death. And in the speech, they were saying that very soon we would be having a solution to death and immortality. Immortality will become a scientific reality. Using science, we would be able to achieve immortality. In other words, we can avert death. One of them proudly said in front of the audience, in that auditorium, he said, 30 years from now, I would look much younger than what I am looking today. And then he also said that I have decided, very forcefully, he said, very vehemently, he said, I have decided I will not die very forcefully with lot of confidence because they have come up with this some scientific they are are on track doing some research and they are very confident yes I have decided I will not die and they also said that aging the process of aging will have to be classified reclassified as a disease and for which we will find a cure. Aging is not a disease. It is, it happens to everyone, and there is no cure. You can temporarily deaccelerate it, but we don't have a solution. So they said it will be classified as a disease, and we'll find a cure to it. So one person in the audience raised his hand, sir. If that is the case then there will be overpopulation in this planet. Imagine if everyone decides not to die and assuming that we have a solution which is uh, quite uh, easy to afford or rather it's affordable for everyone, nobody would like to die. So then he laughingly said that by then we would have found ways to go to other planets and we we would have interplanetary travel and people would inhabit and go and settle down in other planets. So, they are quite confident. But sorry to say, again, I don't want to say sarcastically, both of them, this was about 30 years back, both of them are no more. And uh, before their research could complete and they could find a solution, they had to reach Yamaloka. Again, it is not that Something to mock at. We are not minimizing anybody's effort, but the solutions will not work. Krishna is saying, Janma mrityu jara vyadhi darshanam. This world is designed like that. Krishna in the Gita says, Dukhaleyam ashashvatam. This is a place of misery. And Ashashvatam, it is temporary. Somebody may say, No, I am having a good time. I have good health. I am taking care of my health. My family members are good. I have worked out my finances. Everything is well settled. Everything is fine. Okay, how long Ashashvatam? 20 years, 30 years, 35 years? Even if we have, let's say, good health, good complexion, good... Facial, this thing. Just fast forward 30 years. These days there are some applications, some apps where you can you know, change your face. You can fast forward or you can retard and wrinkles can come in. And you can just for the fun sake, just fast forward. So, <clears throat> emptying out the jungle of all thorns and bushes and pebbles is impractical. The second solution which we talked about a possible option is we come out of the jungle. We will talk about it as a solution which Lord Krishna is offering in the Bhagavad Gita for every one of us. And the third solution is that even though we are walking in the jungle, we can have a footwear. Although we are in a jungle which is... Inhabited by all kinds of wild animals and still there is a danger. But to some extent we can protect ourselves with thorns piercing our feet. So Bhagavad Gita is giving us a different perspective how we go about leading our lives and finding solutions to our problems. It's giving us a completely different world view and let us understand from Gita, the perspective, what Krishna is wanting us to pursue. We recently, <clears throat> in fact last year, we went to a trip to Europe and uh, went to London and London outskirts, there is a fort, which is a very famous tourist attraction. And in that fort, when we approached, you know, it's a huge fort and I was told that the walls are about 20 feet thick, made of stone and about 40 feet high and there's a palace in that fort. So it looks like a fort with such thick stone walls the inhabitants living in the palace the king, the queen and all the other inhabitants will be quite safe because which enemy can penetrate such a strong fort made of stone such high walls and there were few other there were trenches the way the fort is designed that it's not easy to just climb and cross over those walls and and, uh, enter the palace. So, thought crossed my mind that with such huge arrangement made for protection, the king and queen will be quite safe. They must be living well protected. But then when we entered the palace... Now there is a museum there where the you know, different kings and queens over the years it's a museum with, with all the kinds of the place where they used to stay, the, the things they were using, like a typical museum. They all are gone. So imagine a palace with lot of army and soldiers and you know, all these arrangements made for protection but death came and Took them away. So we can make arrangements. Nothing wrong about we all want to live. Because as Atma, we are eternal. We don't want to die. Nothing wrong with that desire. But in this material body, which is temporary, our desire will not be fulfilled. In spite of whatever arrangements we may make. And now someone may say this fort you are talking about. Yes, king, queen, just like Queen Elizabeth. She is quite, I think, 90 plus or 100 plus years. So, you may say that, you know, old age, yes, everyone has to become old. But then suddenly, all of a sudden, I gave this example of a girl, 32 years old. Any moment, our plans can completely be shattered. All the arrangements we have made for our protection can be made null and void. You all have heard about this Malaysian Airlines. It was flying with 250 odd people on board. And on top of Ukraine, it was flying. A missile was fired and... In a few seconds, the entire plane crashed and it was burst into some, you know, when the whole thing landed up in the ground, it was just debris full of fiery elements. The whole plane caught fire and just fell off. Everyone died. It seems 90 seconds before that, an Air India plane had crossed that airspace, the same space, 90 seconds before. And another 90 seconds after Another plane had crossed this. So, in that sense, we are in this world, as I said, three kinds of kleshas are constantly tormenting us, and they can come uninvited. Just like you have sometimes guests coming uninvited, they can just come uninvited suddenly have some pain in the stomach go to the doctor he'll do a diagnosis some checks happen and they say you have a tumor we have to send for a test and who knows it may be diagnosed as a malignant tumor before you realize whom may say it's stage 3 tumor so <clears throat> how do we go about finding solutions to our challenges we're going to talk in point number two and point number three Point number two, before we even discuss about the solution from the Gita, let us understand the point number two. What we are going to focus on is the root cause of the miseries. The root cause of miseries. Because here we are saying that we have some challenges. And we also are trying to find solution, whether it's perfect solution or patch up solutions, irrespective of that, we're trying to find solutions. But then before even we find solutions, let's understand why we get into problems in the first place. What is the root cause of our miseries? Krishna in the Gita says, dvesha Because of material desires, Ichha desired to be enjoyers minus Lord. Just like Ravana wanted to enjoy Sita, which is property of Lord Rama. Minus Lord Rama. He wanted Sita. He didn't want Rama. So, he is called a demon. So, when Icha, when we are having material desires and Dvesha, envy, be envious of the Lord. Then, we come in this material world and we get a material body. All of us, you know, the body as Atma, we are eternal, never dying. But we are imprisoned, that Atma is imprisoned in a body. Life after life, karmana deve netrena jantur deha utpatyate, we get a material body. Like in this life, we have got a human body. Quite possible in next life, we can get a body of an animal depends on our karma so if we analyze the root cause is our desires material desires i have shared this story earlier i'll just briefly touch this for some of you who have not heard it once there was a fisherman who was trying to catch fish and suddenly a kite kite is a kind of a bird which swooped in and Took one of the fish in the beak and just flew off. As soon as this kite took one fish in the beak and started flying, all of a sudden she found some 15-20 crows chasing that chasing that kite caw, 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 with a lot of noise chasing. And out of fear, frightened with this crows chasing, this kite flew in the nither direction and the crows are chasing that in the northern direction, flew in the eastern direction, again found that crows are chasing, kept flying in different direction, the crows continued chasing and out of panic, out of fear, out of anxiety, suddenly the fish in the beak dropped from the mouth, from the beak and as soon as the fish fell from the mouth, the crows started going towards the fish and stopped chasing the kite. At that moment, the kite suddenly came to the senses, my God, it was this fish, which was the root cause of all my problems. I was being chased because of this fish in my beak. Moment the fish dropped all of the crows, which were chasing, which was a cause of fear, everything stopped. So, we are being chased by Adhyatmi Kleshas, Adi Bhati Kleshas, Adi Devi Kleshas because of iccha and Dvesha. Icha is also can be called as lusty desires. So long as we have lust, lust not necessarily equates to sexual desires. So long as we have lusty desires, material desires and we have envy towards the Lord, we will get, we will continue to get, Prabhupada says, even if we have a trace of material desire, we will get a material body to facilitate fulfillment of such desire. Krishna is very kind, Lord is very kind. We have a desire To enjoy independent of the Lord. The Lord, okay, please try it out. And we will continue to get a material body. And so long as we have a material body. We will encounter Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadhi. So long as material body is we cannot avert old age. We cannot avert diseases. We cannot avert death. We cannot avert so long as material desires rebirth. So what Krishna is saying in the Gita, just like I gave you example of, you know, so long as in a forest, we can wear a slipper and to some extent protect ourselves from all this thorns pricking our feet and we can walk safely so Krishna we all want to be happy we all want to be peaceful isn't it we want we don't want miseries in our life we don't want pain we want to be happy so in the 7th chapter sorry in the 2nd chapter krishna is saying a person who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desires see constantly we have desires popping up in our mind body system I want this, I want to do this, I want to see this, I want to eat this, I want to hear this. A person who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desires that enters like a river in the ocean which is ever being filled but is always still. We have examples of oceans where a lot of rivers are entering into that ocean but the ocean is calm. Ocean is is relatively, all the rivers are entering it, it's maintaining, it's calm. So here it says, a person who can remain tranquil, who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desires, like the rivers entering into the ocean, can alone achieve peace and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. So if we analyze our lives, our life is all about desiring and working towards fulfilling the desires. Hoping that once this desires gets fulfilled, I will be happy. But moment one desire gets fulfilled, 10 more desires get cropped up. That is what material life is all about. And so long as we have material desires, we will continue getting material body and continue encountering Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadi, dukha Darshanam, Punarapi, Janma, Punarapi, Marana. We will find stopgap solution, but we are in the forest every moment. We may get frustrated, we may get temporary relief, but again we will get frustrated because we are in a forest barefoot. The second Same, the next verse Krishna is saying, A person who has given up all desires for sense gratification. Yes, we have to eat to survive. Nothing wrong about it. Yes, we have to see things. Our eyes are meant for seeing things. But for sense gratification, thinking that by seeing more and more pleasurable things, even though they are not recommended or rather forbidden in scriptures, So long as it is pleasing to me or my senses, I will indulge in them with that mentality if one goes about leading his life. A person who has given up all desires for sense gratification, who lives free from desires. Who has given up sense of all proprietorship and is devoid of false ego. He alone can achieve real peace. Now somebody may say, it's, it's very difficult for us Baba. Give up all desires, give up false ego. Yes, it's not a zero one logic. We can always work on them. The more we try to regulate our lives, minimize our material desires, the more we will experience peace. So, here Krishna in the second chapter is giving us some solution and if we lead a life based on instructions of Bhagavad Gita, based on instructions of great Acharyas, even though we are in this material world, even though we have a material body, even though there is Adhyatmik, Bodhik and Devi kleshas hitting us, still we can remain protected, remain insulated, just like the slippers. Still we will not be tormented will not be very affected and we will be able to go through such difficulties without getting bewildered. So that's the second point, root cause of our miseries. And Krishna giving us some idea as to how we can go about being peaceful and happy while we are in this material world, even though we have a material body. So we'll come to the third point. As we discussed, one solution is to get out of the forest altogether. They say, baans, na bajegi So long as we are in the forest, there are wild animals, there is all kinds of challenges. Yes, we can wear slippers to some extent. We can safeguard ourselves from thorns, but thorns is not the only problem we have. So what is the solution which Krishna is offering, which is a permanent solution which is equivalent to coming out of that dense, dark, dangerous forest, infested with all kinds of wild animals. So, we'll talk about it. And before that, let's get into uh, some nice melodious kirtans. We'll all chant and participate in this kirtans together and then come back and cover the third point. recap of what we have so far covered. The first point was limitations of patch-up solutions. We talked about how we all encounter challenges and we do find solutions but such solutions are more like patch-up, more like quick fix adhesive. Second, we analyzed briefly the root cause of our problems and for which So long as we are in this material world, Krishna is giving us some instructions how we should lead our lives. How we should regulate our lives. How we should regulate our desires. Which is the root cause of getting this material body in this material world. And if you remember in the first point, we talked about three possible options. One was... You empty the jungle of all the thorns, which we are trying, hoping against hope that one day we will have solution to death, one day we will have solution to old age, which is not possible, which will not happen. We should give up that hope. And uh, that is equivalent to emptying out the forest. Second, yes, we can wear some slippers which Krishna is saying, so long as in this material world, how we can lead our lives so that we can be peaceful. And another option we talked about is, you just come out of the forest. Then you don't have to worry about wild animals. You don't have to worry about all the you know, thorns. You can be relatively safe. The desire of not getting pricked, the desire of not getting hurt, will get easily fulfilled when we are out of jungle. So that's what Krishna comes for in this material world. To establish Dharma, Dharma Sanstap narthaya Sambhavami Yuge Yuge. To tell us why we are suffering to tell us that this world is not the right place for you to settle down peacefully and also to invite us to invite us to our eternal home, to a, to abode of Lord Shri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. To invite us back home. Back to Godhead. And. He. Shows us the way. Janma karma chame divyam evam yo veti tatvataha. Tyaktva deham. Tyaktva means after giving up this body. Punarjan manavidyate. Will not get birth again in this material world. So Krishna is not so to say, enjoying, just like any father would not be happy when he is seeing his son in pain or suffering. So, But we are somehow hell-bent. We don't want the company of Lord. We want to make independent plans for our enjoyment. And that's how we are in this material world. Once there is a family known to us, uh, in the early days of ISKCON Bangalore, the family used to donate quite regularly to the temple and they also helped in organizing Yatras. They were quite wealthy. And uh, they had only one son. And somehow he was very, very fond of motorbikes bikes so the parents were quite reluctant because bikes more so in the costly bikes you can drive at 150 kilometers 200 kilometers per hour so they were quite reluctant to although money was not an issue but they were quite reluctant to fulfill that desire of his but he kept on insisting kept on insisting and at last you know what to do just like you know even krishna we kept on insisting no i want to enjoy it. desire envy okay take this body enjoy so the parents agreed relented and finally gave him that bike and that bike in those days costed 80 lakh rupees it was very very costly bike and very a different kind of a bike, imported bike, and uh, you know, on good roads, on highway, you can go up 200 kilometers. Very stable, very sturdy, and he was very happy. In fact, he came to the temple also in that bike, and you know, was very happy. But some of our parents were not very happy. He was the only son. Always there was some fear in them what if what if you know some mistake happens so they kept insisting Ke beta you know let us sell this bike enough your desire is fulfilled and uh, let's sell this and they kept insisting now this is a time for you to get married settle down and they looked for girl also and the marriage was fixed, engagement happened and uh, there was one month left for the marriage to happen and the parents insisted, now that you are getting married, better let's sell this bike and the son also reluctantly agreed, okay let's sell the bike and they even found a buyer also, you know for a costly bike where we will get buyer. So they found a buyer also, and they were they had decided that they will sell that bike, and the son also agreed. The price was fixed, and the date was fixed, marriage date was fixed. But the son expressed to the parents that now that we have decided to sell the bike, now that I am getting married, I just have one last wish. Let me go to Mysore. You know, Mysore, there's a nice uh, expressway. So let me go to Mysore, last one ride on this bike, and uh, my desire will be fulfilled. I'll be happy, and then we can sell off this bike, and I'll happily get married. So the parents reluctantly agreed. Okay, it's the last time. I think anyway, we have decided to sell the bike. So they agreed, and this person went on his on this ride, and unfortunately, that was the last ride of his life. Head-on collision with a truck. He was riding at one fifty kilometers. Head-on collision with a truck. Spot dead. The reason I am I brought this at this juncture in my talk today is that any misery, adhyatmik, adibotic, adidevik they will not necessarily give us a notice. Not all miseries come with a very clear, just like sometimes health deteriorates over a period of time. Back pain, you have a lingering back pain which aggravates over a period of time. Not necessarily all miseries come like that. We have nice, healthy relationships, loving relationships. We have invested a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. One phone call, one phone call, Rush so-and-so is in the hospital and the life can be different. And it can happen any moment. That's why our scriptures compare our life is like a drop of water on a lotus leaf. It's very slippery. Any moment it can slip off. That's what the quality of happiness we have in this world. So Krishna wants us to give up hope that one day we'll settle down peacefully in this material world we'll find solution to all problems that's why he's saying janma mrityu jara dukha doshanu darshanam one who can perceive that these are the real challenges for which we have to find solution in human birth he is in knowledge and krishna is giving his instructions valuable instructions which if we follow We can get purified of all these lusty desires. Calm, crowed, mo, lobe, envy, jealousy, false ego. We can get purified and get qualified, entitled to go back to our original home. The kingdom of God. Back home, back to Godhead. So that is what human life is meant for. We can find solution to all our problems, a permanent solution. Otherwise, even so-called permanent solution, just like, you know, sometimes people say, I have a job, you know, it was not, there was stability, was not. Now I have got a permanent job. I have my own house. So we get a feeling that now I have found a permanent solution to my problems but all so-called permanent solutions also are quick-fix solutions so long as we are in this material world. Our peace will always, our happiness will always be like that drop of water on a lotus leaf, very, very flickering, very, very slippery. But what our desire is to have lasting peace, lasting happiness. And that's what Krishna is saying. Come back to me. Come back to me. He's inviting. When he comes to this material world, just like Krishna came 5,000 years back, he enacted various pastimes, various leelas, various interactions with his associates, just to give us a glimpse of how beautiful the spiritual world is, where all the jivas, all the living entities are engaged in loving relationship Spiritual world is not devoid of any variety or activities. It's not just, you know, sometimes people think that after mukti, there's some kind of void. Everything is, there is no variety. It's full of variety, full of life, full of joy, full of bliss, full of activity, full of relationships. But it is minus all the inabilities what we see in this material world. Is lasting relationships. Time is conspicuous by its absence. There is no past, present, and future. People do not become old. So we'll stop here. We have some questions which we will take up. And first question is from Ananda Dharma. One of the moral instruction of Chanakya. Pandit is, what is the use of a son who is neither a learned man nor a devotee of the Lord? Please explain Prabhu. Yes, a similar instruction is there even in our scriptures where it says, unless you make your son a devotee, do not become parents. Unless you can make your disciple a devotee of the Lord, do not become a teacher. The idea is, that all other solutions what we are uh, looking for or rather trying to uh, pursue are all stopgap and patch-up solutions. That's why Chanakar Pandita says a learned man or a devotee, if he becomes, actually he is working towards permanent solution to our problems. It's in line with what we are discussing today. This question is from Devan Shamore. Last week, I got my shoulder fractured and had to be operated. Doctor has told me to have protein-rich food. All are suggesting to have paya, bone of goat soup, for time being, for fast recovery. I am a veg now. Please guide. Sometimes, yes, doctors do recommend you know such kind of uh, diet made of non-vegetarian, this thing. But I personally feel it is not at all required and it is not mandatory. I'm sure if you take the right kind of diet, fruits, vegetables, nuts and balanced diet, milk, milk products and give proper rest to the body, I'm sure you will recover very soon. Wish you a very quick recovery but please avoid... The recommendation given here. Bone of goat soup. Please avoid that. This question is from Ajay Raj Sharma. If everything is governed by law of karma. Then why bhakti is required? Can't we live life with philosophy of do good and have good? How bhakti intervenes in the law of karma? If we... Follow the law of karma, do good and be good. We are in this material world. We may take birth in good family with good opulence, just like we see sometimes people with good karma. Apparently having all comforts, enjoying good life. Our scriptures talk about even heavenly planets where the standard of living is much higher. Just like even in this earthly planet, there are some countries where the standard of living is much higher, much better in terms of economic prosperity. But still, even if we do punya karma or good activities, we are in this material world. And so long as we are in this material world, punar janma cannot be avoided. Punarapi Janma, Punarapi Man. And so long as we have a material body, we cannot avoid birth, death, old age, disease. So, why bhakti is required? Bhakti is more than punya. Bhakti is required so that we not only become happy in this life, but after finishing this life, we go back to our original home, our eternal home. Back home, back to Godhead. So that way, bhakti is different from doing punya. It is much higher, much better than doing acts of good good acts or punya. This question is from Jyoti Takne. What is the difference between acceptance, affection, and attachment? They all are different words, but nevertheless. Since you have asked, let me just attempt to... Acceptance is when things unfold in your life, you accept it. They say that even before you find a solution, first accept it. Accept the current reality. Many times people are not willing to accept. Suppose there is a death. Within the mind, they are rehashing. Hona cheye, hona cheye, hona cheye, hona but it has happened. That's why they are saying, "Don't cry over spilt milk." So that's called acceptance. First step is acceptance. It may not be very pleasant. It may be a painful experience, but we have to accept. Then work on finding a solution. Affection is when you know we are blindly attached to something, and uh, without having that knowledge, a lot of emotions gets invested. We get We have affection could be to our home to our family members to our near and dear ones and that krishna says that if it's a blind attachment it will result in pain it will call for misery in our life and the last thing what we have asked is attachment affection attachment in that sense are synonym when we attach to something obviously it will result in pain it gives us pleasure for the time being But when we lose that thing, we will get pain. That's why our scripture says, Jnana Vairagya. When we get real knowledge, automatically, detachment will come about. And detachment is required, is important for us to be happy in this world. This question is from Ajay Raj Sharma. It is said that we have slightest of material desires. We will get a material body. But given that we have human bound to material mode, it is not impractical that we shouldn't have any material desires. Yes, you are right, as conditioned souls, we have material desires. Human form of life is an opportunity for us to purify our desires. The desires can be purified slowly, let's say, to give you an example, we have Let's say we call it wrong desires and the right desires. Right now we have 100% wrong desires and maybe 0% good desires, right desires. Or we can call it material desires or spiritual desires. We have 100% material desires and 0% spiritual desires. It is possible that we mould our lives by following the instructions of Gita And we can purify ourselves and we can have, yes, we cannot suddenly give up all material desires. We are conditioned soul as you mentioned. We can reach a stage which is 80% material desires and 20% spiritual desires. This is the meaning of advancement. This is the meaning of purification. And as we move forward, there is possibility that there is 40% material desires and 60% spiritual desires. And what is a pure devotee? The qualification of a pure devotee is Anya Abhilashita Shunya. All material desires become zero. He also has desires. Prabhupada also had a lot of desires. We should distribute books. We should open temples. We should spread this Krishna consciousness movement. We should spread this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamad. A lot of desires was there. But the desire was not for sense gratification, not for name, not for fame, not for becoming popular... The desires was how to please the Lord, how to satisfy the Lord, how to glorify the Lord, how to spread the glories of the Lord, how to become more and more people, devotees of the Lord. So these are pure desires. How I can purify my life. This is also a desire. How I can control my lusty desires. This is also a desire. How can I control my mind? How can I improve my quality of chanting? It's a desire. So our life, the component of such desires will increase and material desires will reduce if we advance in spiritual life. And that is what is recommended. Down, mouse. Next. This question is from Bodharam Ram. If all citizens of the world do not have material desires, how the world will move on? Because this world is based on material works like technology, service, manufacturing. It's a very good question, uh, but it's a hypothetical question. It is like asking, if all the people started becoming criminals, then how will we accommodate so many criminals in a prison house? It is Yes, we can ask this question, but it is hypothetical. There wouldn't be a case where everyone becomes a criminal or somebody may even ask a question if nobody commits a crime what will happen to the prison house what will happen to the jobs of all the police people and you know the, it's a hypothetical question yes so long as there is society we know that some people will commit crime so it is not possible that forget about getting freed of material the people have no inclination even to chant the names of the lord to hear bhagavad gita very few manushya naam sahasreshu siddhe out of millions of people krishna says one will try for perfection in life yatatam api siddhanam kaschin mam veti Tattvataha, one in millions who have perfected their life will know me in truth so it's a hypothetical thing that a time will come when everyone will stop material this material world is a place where everyone has come to fulfill material desires and Just like in a prison house, everyone by and large are criminals. So only few people who by the mercy of the Lord have got the sense. The root cause of our misery is this material desires will try to mold their lives based on instructions of Gita and try to purify their lives. So it's quite difficult that everyone will not have material desires and the world will come to a grinding halt. It's a hypothetical situation. If that happens, if everyone gives up material desires, then this world becomes a spiritual world. Giving up material desires does not mean that we become inert. Desiring is an ability of jiva. If we develop pure spiritual desires, then this world becomes a spiritual world. How can desire to enjoy independent of God come when we are already in bliss in the spiritual world? If we misuse free will, can't we misuse again when we go back to the spiritual abode? So the scriptures give us this example that yes, just like a child when is playing with fire, the parents tell him that do not play with the fire, but the child does not listen, kept on insisting, and finally puts his hand in the fire. Once it gets burnt, then there is a good possibility the child will not put the hand in fire again. Although that possibility still exists. If he is such a fool, that in spite of getting burnt, in spite of you know getting hurt, he still puts his hand in fire, he a fool. So, the possibility is, that's why they are saying, a cat which is burnt because of boiling milk, uh, even if you give a buttermilk which is quite cold, it will think ten times. And then drink it. So, likewise, scripture says Yadgatva, Nani Vartante, Tadhama, Parama Krishna is saying, after we go back to the spiritual world, after being in this material world for so many lifetimes, and then purifying and having understood that it's a futile attempt to be happy, fulfilling all the material desires, just like Krishna is saying. It's like you know different rivers flowing into the ocean. The ocean remains still. So having understood that, when we go back to the spiritual world, Krishna is guaranteeing that we will not fall back. Although the possibility, free will is there, but because we have gone through it's not easy to go back to Godhead. Anya, bilashita, shunya. When we have reached that stage where all material desires have been vanquished and we have become fully purified, then we go back. So, Maya will give different tests. If we have a tinge of material desires, we will remain in this material world. And when we go back to the spiritual world, Krishna is promising we will not fall back in this material world again. This question is from Abhay Singh. If this life is a misery and everything here is material, what leads to misery then? Why did Lord Krishna, the Supreme Lord, created anything like this why is there anything? Uh, to give you a brief answer, although we have covered this in the... Because different people have joined at different times. So, we all may be at different stages in our learning, in our development. So, just like <clears throat> uh, the government, which is meant for welfare of citizens, plans various schemes... ...various amenities for the welfare of the students, of the people, of the citizens... ...the same government also has a police department. The same same government also invests money in building a prison house. Because it knows that there will be some citizens which will take law in their hands... ...and will disobey or violate the laws... For their reformation, for punishment, such prison house is required. So, although the Lord is very kind, He is our loving Father. But still, because we have rebelled against Him, we have defied His authority. Dvesha, Samuthena, dwandamoheena, Bharata. So, this material world is created. And we come here because we wanted to fulfill our material desires an opportunity is given and lord also comes and gives us this knowledge that give up this futile attempt and come back to me it's like son of a rich man insisting that i don't want to stay in the house he rebels against his father goes out but the father reluctantly agrees what can be done the example i gave of a father agreeing to buy a bike for the child But the father knows that the child will not be happy and he'll be very happy if he comes back home. That's what Krishna is wanting us to do. And that's how he comes and gives this knowledge of Gita for us to understand why we are suffering and to find solution to all our problems. This question is from Bharat Shivlani. Can you give some tips on how to concentrate while chanting? Yes, I can give some tips, but uh, it will take some background understanding of what is attention, why we get distracted. And uh, although I can give some tips, time is too short, I may not be able to do justice. But if you are genuinely interested, you know, sometimes we look for solutions. Chanting is a very integral part of our spiritual growth. And day after day, if, depending on how many rounds you are doing, like we chant 16 rounds, so every day invariably we have to invest 2 hours. So it's worth investing time in understanding more about chanting, more about quality chanting, more about how to be attentive. If we are day in and day out cutting trees, it is important that we also sharpen the saw. So this knowledge about how to improve chanting, how to be attentive is very important. And we are very fortunate and very blessed, very detailed discussion, not only discussion, with lot of practical tips, how do we go about improving the chanting quality, with a lot of analysis, what is chanting, why we chant, why it is important, how to be attentive, why we get distracted. Just like in you know, a doctor, you know, analysis with a good understanding of you know, human anatomy, different organs, what is the cause of the disease, and then find a solution. Likewise, uh, this course is there. This sessions are there on YouTube called Soulful Japa. Soulful Japa. If you just type, you'll get a lot of videos from Madhu Pandit Prabhu. So if you watch those videos, you'll have to invest some time. Each video is for about an hour or so. And there are about 80 odd, 100 odd videos. Uh, invest time. It's worth investing. We all have gone through it and immensely benefited from it. And I'm sure you will also benefit. Please go through that. I don't think I'll be able to do justice in next three minutes, five minutes on how to improve quality chanting. This question is from Vidhi. How to get over attachment? Just like desires, we cannot give up desires. We cannot become completely desireless. To be desireless also is a desire. So, if we have to give up desires, what scriptures are recommending is don't give up desires but purify your desires. Have wrong, remove all kinds of wrong desires and substitute it with the right desires. So, likewise, attachment, we cannot completely give up attachment. But if we cultivate right attachment, positive attachment, attachment to the Lord, then automatically attachment to wrong things will get minimized. We sometimes give this demonstration. Let's say if I have a glass of dirty water and if I want to purify the water in the glass, how do I, what do I do? I don't have luxury of you know emptying out that dirty water and filling it with fresh water. I keep pouring fresh water. What will happen is all the dirty water will start overflowing, and in due course of time, the glass will have only the fresh water. Depends on how much fresh water you have poured in. So, likewise, when we tread this path of spirituality and cultivate attachment to the devotees, attachment to the Lord, positive attachment, then automatically negative attachment or wrong attachments starts minimizing so that is the right way we are not asked to completely give up all attachment yes we can give up attachment to wrong things we can cultivate attachments to the right things to right people this question is from bala khanda how to train our brain to get detached from material desires kindly give a few bullet points uh, material desires, as I said, we cannot become desireless. We have to start desiring the right kind of desires. And how do we get such information? Like you are asking some practical points. Uh, such information we get, such motivation we get by attending Sat Sang. Like example, today's this thing. We should try to improve the quality of our chanting. We should get up early in the morning. We should regulate our senses. We should try to control our... These also are desires. These also are desires. I will be regulated. I will eat only the right kind of foods which are offered to the Lord. It's also a desire. So when we cultivate these desires automatically the material desires will... because we have a limited desiring capability. Even if we are thinking our thoughts, in one moment we cannot think th- 10,000 thoughts. So we have to think the right thoughts, we have to cultivate the right desires, and that inspiration to cultivate the right desires and knowledge comes from Satsang, Sadhu Sangha. So if we increase that automatically, our life starts, uh, the right kind of desires starts manifesting and we tread the right path this question is from lakshmikanth after quitting this material body the soul will remain in that house for seven ten days is it true i am not very sure but yes the soul depending on its karma uh, it can get material body immediately or it can get after a time after a while in fact a lot of people ask is ghost a reality The answer is yes. What is a ghost? Ghost is an Atma which has a subtle body, sukshma sharira, but because of maybe too much sinful activity has not got a gross body. So it's in a form of a ghost, a subtle body. So likewise depends on the karma, a person who is fortunate. Just like to give you an example, if a person loses a job, How much time will it take to get another job? He can get instantaneously, next day he can start joining a job, he can get after a month, he can get after a year, he may not get also. Depending on his qualification, depending on his experience, depending on his skill sets, so many factors are there. So likewise, the soul, if it is fortunate, blessed, can get the right body, can go back to God at next moment, can get after a while. This question is from Sadhna Gupta. Once one comes to be aware of the solution and is surrendered, but the baggage of unwinding old worldly affairs becomes a source of delaying detachment. How to deal with it? Yes, you are right. Once we understand that this is the right path, there is a force. This is called conditioning. And... Many times, unwillingly. In fact, this is a question which Arjuna also asked. Many times we act unwillingly, as if there is some kind of force. We know that I should not be doing this, but as if there is some force goading us to do it. I know I should be getting up in the morning, but somehow there is another force which keeps me in the bed. So, how to overcome that? So, that's why Krishna is not impractical. Our scriptures, our acharyas, are not impractical. That's why they are saying that when we tread this path, we have to necessarily practice these three things. Utsaha, Dhairiya and Nishayat. Enthusiasm, Patience and Determination. Prabhupada gives an example. Let's say a man and a woman gets married and they want to have a child. They cannot have a child the next day. They have to be patient. They may intensely desire, but they have to be patient. They'll have to wait for the right time for them to conceive the child and then child to get born. So likewise, we have material desire. We might have desire understood that it is futile, but suddenly we cannot wipe up those material desires these are called urges vacho vegam manasa vegam jiva vegam this is a vegam urges urges of mind urges of belly urges of genitals urges of tongue suddenly we cannot stop it that's why while we are practicing we have to be enthusiastic we have to be determined and we have to be patient a child knows that it has to walk it has to run the parents also want the child but it cannot all of a sudden walk and run it will start taking some baby steps it will fall down it will falter again gets up again we inspire motivate again he walks for a while again he falls that's part of the learning curve so likewise even though we understand we will all commit mistakes we'll all commit blunders All we have to do is be determined, be patient, get up, learn from the mistakes and move on. That is what spiritual life is all about. And if we are blessed with right association, right guidance, uh, right kind of devotees whom we can get inspiration from, our, our process of purification can be accelerated by the mercy of Prabhupada and Krishna.